Welcome to Unconscious. This is episode 30, a whole body and soul approach to aging well, an interview with Theme Rains from Synthesis Organics. Welcome to Unconscious. I'm your host, Liz Cook, functional nutritionist and founder of One Seed Organic Perfumes. Today we're chatting to Synthesis Organics founder, Theme Rains. Firstly, I just want to give you a heads up about this episode. Unfortunately, we had an issue with the recording at my end, so the sound quality of my voice is pretty poor. We did everything we could to try to make it work, and we've honestly spent hours trying to rectify it. And I did think about pulling the episode or redoing it altogether, but I decided pretty quickly to publish it anyway and to make adjustments where I could for a couple of reasons. Firstly, it's a really good conversation and we just can't ever replicate that no matter how hard we try. But mostly because we live in a culture where everything is airbrushed and perfected before ever being seen, and it's not reality. In reality, things fail, they look messy, they feel unfinished, and they're not perfect. And I just don't wanna be part of a culture that says we aren't good enough unless we're perfect. So the releasing of this beautiful interview with Theme Reigns is us saying life is not perfect and we are not perfect, but there is beauty in all of it and we want to embrace it all. Now back to the episode at hand. In this interview, we cover topics like the impact of stress on our skin, unselfish self-love, neurocosmetics, and taking responsibility for our own wellness. When we do take responsibility for ourselves as in our wellness and also the truth of us as interconnected beings with everything else. When we do, we are well and balanced and lit up and we're full, our cup is full. There is a natural radiance that spills out and that radiance inspires and uplifts others around us. So let's jump in. Theme, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really, really looking forward to this interview because um, you guys, yourself and your beautiful brand Synthesis, have only come across my radar in the last couple of months. So in preparing for this interview, and I know we've done a bit of chatting prior to this and I've chatted to your team, um, but I have so many questions because I know you guys have been around for a while and yet you feel brand new to me. <laughs> so I've got lots to ask you, but let's start with this one. Theme Reigns is your name. Now, that has to be one of the coolest names on the planet. You definitely <laughs> should be in the natural industry somewhere. Can you talk to me about your name? Is it a birth name or a chosen name and what's the story? Sure. And I mean, it's just an absolute pleasure to be here and talking with you. I've um I think I, I shared with you, I purchased um, your perfumes and I use Rain because it's in my name. Yes, <laughs> and, you um, did say and, that. and love, love your work. It's um, been a, you know, an inspiration for a long time. Just, yeah, your, the beautiful work that you're doing. Thank you. So it's great to finally be sitting down and having this conversation with you. Absolutely. <laughs> um, my name my name was was given to me by a by my spiritual teacher um, when I was twenty one, and it was such a huge time for me, where I felt like I was rebirthing into a whole new um, state of being. And so I took the name on, and I went and changed it at the passport office. Wow! And so it's been on my passport. It's been my um, my, my proper name since I was twenty one, um, and the the meaning behind it that that he gave he just it, 
it was like he just wrote it down on a piece of paper actually the, um, the day after I met him and I, I just, it just felt right to take it on. It wasn't a rejection of my born name at all or my family. Um, many of them still call me the, the name I was born with. It was more a celebration of what I just discovered and wanted to um, live into. So theme comes from the heart of Prometheus. And so the energy um, of the name is an invitation to be part of the evolutionary shift in consciousness. So Prometheus brought fire from heaven to mankind to support the next shift in consciousness. So theme is an invitation um, to be part of that. And rains, well, Prometheus is associated with fire. Rains is to cool things down and bring in the, uh, the nurturing force. So it's a very alchemic name with the fire and water. And so, yeah, that's the, that's the story behind it. That's awesome. And I'm just thinking about my name while you're talking. I'm like, wow, this cook sounds so boring. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all, because I'm sure if you delve into the history and the meaning of, of it all, it's... it's oh, absolutely. Meanings there. And, you know, we, we kind of, um, you know, we're born with our names now and in our culture, obviously, we stick with them. But if you look back to cultures thousands of years ago, they were given names according to their work or their... Um, the, the changes in their life or their calling and so on. So it's actually it's just something that we're not used to, but it's so potent, isn't it? It is. My father laughs because he said I was renaming myself from like a, a, a young um, child. He'd turn up to oh. pick me up somewhere to be like, there's no one here called that because I'd introduced every, myself to everyone else's, whatever my new name. <laughs> wow. So he wasn't even surprised when you told him. <laughs> I think he was a bit surprised. That's so great. But, but he, he's learned to find the humor in it. <laughs> and that's awesome. Well, I am really excited not only to interview you, Theme, but also just to get involved in what Synthesis is doing. As I mentioned in my intro, you guys have only just come across my radar. I know that a lot of people are discovering you um, because of your beautiful Notox uh, serum, which we'll talk about in a minute. And we're doing obviously a collab giveaway with, with you guys um, this week, the week of the podcast launch, uh, sorry, this episode launch. So I'm really excited to get involved with you and only have really discovered you guys in the last couple of weeks. And I, I mean, sorry, couple of months. And I think that what you're doing is really, really beautiful in the beauty and wellness space. When I popped down to Byron Bay, um, your team there um, gave me some more samples of your products and I had no idea <laughs> that your product range is so extensive. And so I've tried your, your beautiful products over the last month or so and I absolutely love them. And every time I put one on, I think, how has this gone under the radar? These products are exquisite so I'm really really excited to be working with you a because your products are beautiful and they do what they say they're going to do but also because of um your your ethos around the brand and how you're moving through the space so can you kind of give us a little bit of a history about synthesis for anyone who hasn't discovered you yet or you know just to give us an idea of what your journey's been like and how have you found you found yourself in this position now where suddenly you you're kind of you seem to be everywhere give us a bit of your story <laughs> it's um yeah it's like it's amazing how that happens <laughs> the so-called overnight success oh yeah that takes a hundred <laughs> like, years takes a hundred years <laughs> <laughs> a lot of um I synthesis came out of my my journey through the the healing arts and my commitment to the healing arts and so 
it really started as products I was making for fellow therapists. And so it spread through a network of therapists, not just in Australia, but around the world. Um, cause I wanted to create products that would elevate the treatments that they were offering. And this was way back when organic was just, you know, we had some of the first certified organic products in Australia, yeah. but again, unknown. We just did it because we wanted everyone to have peace of mind, um, about what we were, what we were using and doing. Um, so it spread through this net- network of therapists. And then I got introduced from a therapist to another therapist who said, how would you like to pitch your products to the Peninsula Hot Springs in, in Victoria? And I was like, well, sure, because they're, like, they're looking for a new product house. So um, they organized for me to go down, and I did a treatment for the owner and the spa director and the wellness director, and they used the products for a while. And it was um, real kudos to them because they selected Synthesis as their brand partner over many, many much more well-known brands, but they recognized the value alignment and they believed in, in, in that. Um, and so we, we've actually, that catapulted us into being a proper business. <laughs> and suddenly instead of doing the other therapies that I was doing, running retreats and um, one-on-one therapies, et cetera, I was like, okay, we now have or I have a proper business because the, the peninsula do 38,000 treatments a year. So just Whoa. making enough products for them, it got sort of serious. And then through them started providing more wellness um, partners and stockists, spas, wellness properties, still moving through the therapist network. Um, and that was, that was enough. It was like I always wanted eventually to go um, direct to consumer, but there was no bandwidth. And um, then I fell pregnant and COVID hit and I was going to go and cruise control because um, I was about to give birth. So I was hoping my little B2B business, my business was going to take let me have some time off. Oh, um, no. But of course, everything shut down. And so it was a matter of, okay, now is the time. Um, maybe not the most opportune time but now is the time <laughs> to pivot and um repackage because i knew that to take it to direct to consumer we needed our packaging to be a bit more elevated as well and so we then launched our e-commerce side of the business direct to consumer just a um a little over a year ago and i think that's why yourself and many other people have not heard of us although we have been around we've been very around in the industry the wellness industry and behind the scenes with therapists and um, wellness properties but not um this was the first time we actually advertised a product and yeah shared it directly directly with the consumer so how long ago did you start working with peninsula hot springs it was actually in 2016 yeah wow yeah a little while ago, I was there. Um, they had an Awaken Festival, their first festival last weekend with um, speakers like Dr. Bruce Lipton and yoga teacher Shiva Ray and just real luminaries in the space of conscious well-being. And, um, yeah, they, it was just I was reflecting on that. I was like, wow, it's been you know, six years since they first took Synthesis on and how, what, how life-changing that was and just – yeah, how beautifully it happened through um, really heart heartfelt interactions and um, value aligned people and decisions. 
yeah, it was a real celebration last weekend to be <laughs> looking at all of that again. Let's talk about your brand philosophy, which is so beautiful and very, very clear to me that Synthesis is not just uh, a brand of beautiful skincare and even just hearing you speak, but there's really a deeper essence. And, and I guess the products are more of a, a vehicle for the deeper essence of you know what you're here to do. If I can just yeah. read a little bit from your statement on your website, and I'll quote this, the world can either reflect our radiance or it can reflect our imbalances. Therefore, to heal a world in crisis, we must begin with ourselves. Our philosophy of enlightened self-care is about the responsibility we have for ourselves, others, and to the planet to live in alignment with our intelligence and improve the world by improving ourselves, which positively impacts everything and everyone around us through the empowerment of our own radiance. So I can see that this isn't obviously just something that synthesis is, but this is something that clearly comes out of your heart and, and is who you are as a person. Can you tell me how you're um, thinking about the self and the world has evolved over the years? And I guess if you take even the marker of you being given a, a new name in, in your early 20s, what's your most, I guess, what's your biggest learning been over the most recent years? And if you look back over your life, um, and what has been perhaps the biggest game changer in terms of the way that you approach life? Mm. I was um, just reflecting that's like um, it, there's a lot in that statement that you just read out. It's got a lot back in it. But also your your question and your um, finding that statement uh, is, a, is a reflection, obviously, of who you are and what your brand is as well because um, there's a lot of depth in the question as well as even just to find those particular lines particular lines in the website, um, which do sum up a lot of uh, my philosophy, which does come through synthesis. Synthesis is the synthesis of the tangible and intangible influences that touched and shaped my life and wanting to bring what's been most impactful or healing or nurturing um, to others through, as you say, the vehicle of skincare. <laughs> um, which is something so intimate, we put it onto our bodies, it goes into our bloodstream. And so it's just a beautiful way to share and offer this nurturing force. Um, and to your question, yeah, when I, at the time when I changed my name, it was part of a big conversion process for me from living, I was studying law, I wanted to go into human rights, I wanted to make a difference at a very intellectual level. And I had a very powerful experience while I was traveling where I realized that to be part of the shift in the world, I had to connect with a force that was even greater than myself. And having grown up, I didn't grow up with a religious or spiritual background, so I was just trying to find the words to, um, to describe the experience. But it did, it did bring me, as I started to connect and understand more about spirituality and my friend who I was traveling with went on to study you know, theology at Oxford, gave me many books, which opened my mind. And then when I met my teacher, it opened my heart. And suddenly everything that had happened in my mind was felt in my heart as an undeniable experience of um, universal love, of the power of that. And so I changed everything, including my name, <laughs> to follow my heart rather than following 
my head or my intellect. And um, as I followed my heart and which was part of that was a desire to be part of making a difference to the problems that I saw in the world. But at the time I recognized the best way to make a difference to the problems in the world was to actually take responsibility, first of all, for my own problems or self or healing. And um, if I could do that, that would affect everyone and everything around me in a positive way. And like the butterfly effect, it might seem only a small thing, but actually it can have a big impact because we are all interconnected. So all of these small, seemingly trivial choices and actions that we take are actually not so when you look at the way they are interconnected and you follow them, you follow that ripple effect out. So that was that was a big change for me and where the, the statement comes that, you know, to make um, a difference in the world, we, we start with, we start with ourselves. And um, because that's somewhere that we can have impact, sometimes it can feel overwhelming, we look at all what's happening, and you look, how can I make a difference? Well, actually, each of us can just in the choices that we make for how we are, you know, what we purchase, what we put on our skin, what we eat, um, how we show up to our friends and family and colleagues. And so it's both a big responsibility as well as very liberating because you realize, yes, we are all empowered to make a difference and this is, this is how we do it. And so in recent years, um, does that change? That's still very much there for me. And certainly recent years have forced the um, practice <laughs> of everything that I've learned and been exposed to. Because it's one thing to, you know, receive wisdom and read it and learn and all of that. It's another thing to actually be able to live it yes. <laughs> under all conditions <laughs> and things get really tough. So, well, that, that's when it's required, isn't it? It's, that's it's exactly. Theory. <laughs> yeah. And then so, when okay. the crap hits the fan and the challenge is, wow, how can I actually, uh, exactly what you're saying, how can I actually take this life approach and now it's a challenge to myself how do I stay uh, in that space despite all the things that are in turmoil around me or the challenges? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's like um, this great school that is the earth plane that is life <laughs> will bring us um, uh, the lessons and experiences that we need to be able to embed and and realise um you know, the, the truth of ourselves ultimately. And so we talk about, you know, the, the empowerment of our own radiance and we use the word radiance because when, when we are aligned to the heart or, or which is the seat of love and the heart actually unifies the head, the intellect and the instinct, our gut. So the heart is the only center that can unify. So you're not, it's not that you're blindly following your heart you're actually integrating your intellect with your intuition your heart and your instinct and it all comes together the heart unifies all of that and it's also through the heart that we commune with nature and the earth and so we make decisions that are more supportive for nature and the earth but we also allow nature to nourish us because we can connect with her more um, intensely through the heart. So really um, living from the heart and living from that heart intelligence does allow 
a holistic, it does allow us to, to become holy who we are, not just in the head, not just in our gut instinct, not just in our heart, but just actually all one, um, one whole being. Yeah, recent years have definitely reinforced that of having time, being in the heart, practicing that, remembering, remembering that if I'm in my heart and committed to love in the present moment, the future comes out of this present moment. So how we are in this present moment does dictate the future in many ways or how we, how resilient we are to things that are unexpected or difficult. So, yeah, I would say that's, that's remained with me and the biggest learning in recent years has been to just keep recommitting to what I know to be true. I don't know if you've had the same experience, but there have been a few moments in my life where it's I've had this knowing and I know that I know. Yep. And totally relate to that. Like, and, oh. <laughs> it's an absolute like obviousness. There's no pros and cons or a, this weighing up this versus that or it's just like you know and you you um, are sure of that. And I found in recent years when things got a bit weird and um, even went back to trying to live a bit more from my head for a little while and do the internet and nothing, of course, was working well. Um, and when I recommitted to my heart and what I'd realized and the, the lessons that I'd got at that, that early age, everything just got back into alignment and started to flow again. Some of the things is not still challenging and hard and you don't get thrown all kinds of things, but there's this peace in amongst it all of knowing that I'm living in alignment with what is true to me. Um, yeah, so that's what I'd say, just that recommitment to w- what you know know to be true. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point too because I think we sometimes feel like when we've made the decision, it therefore is true going forward and we almost don't need to recommit. But in actual fact, it's almost a daily recommitting to having that approach or that philosophy or that way of thinking because, like you said, in your situation, your default position is to intellectualize or to go back to your your head the way that you were as a young person or, you know, in law and all that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. so we are sort of in some ways resisting our default position as we as we learn things, it's it's often a daily resubmitting to that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just remembering, recommitting, and all the that's why little daily rituals and um, little things to help us remember and um, and keep committed to what 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 our true heart's desire is. I just want to touch on something you said early in in this particular um, answer, which was about self care. And I, I have this, <laughs> mm. I have this bee in my bonnet about self care. Now, I, not that I don't love it, I do, and I've learned to be really good at self care the last few years. I was never good at it before, um, but I think there's so much self absorption in the self care um, uh, culture. Let's say yes. the culture we find ourselves in, which is basically. Um, everything is about me. So if it doesn't work for me, then it's not working for any of you. And I'm recommitting to myself purely for the sake of myself, which I think is actually really damaging for the world. But something that you just talked about, you just touched on it, was about um, 
coming back to the self, being actually about taking personal responsibility. And, you know, I, I it, it spoke to me immediately because often when people talk about self-care, it's just about nurturing yourself and valuing yourself you know, above all things. And I personally don't hold to that philosophy because I think we're all in this world together and we need to equally care for ourselves and one another. But I love the idea that coming back to self doesn't necessarily mean I put myself first and everyone else can go to hell. You're talking about taking personal responsibility for the decisions you make in life and then all of the change flows out of that. Can you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, that's exactly right. And I've had that same bee in my bonnet. It's just like the explosion of ego. Um, yes. And um you're right because that's very sep like create very separative. Um and uh yeah, for all all of those reasons I was like, I don't even want to use self care, but then I was like, no, let's reclaim this and let's give it a capital S and let's um Let's call it enlightened self-care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't, don't use the hashtag actually... you do you. Just whatever you do. <laughs> don't you do you, okay? <laughs> it's like, it's like the... <laughs> um, because, yes, to me it's like the, the, the self and the – it's like um, it, it is. It's very much about self-responsibility, which is taking into account our impact on the world around us yeah. as well. Um and so to enlighten self-care is is definitely taking that into account. But it's the recognition that if we allow ourselves, if we're just completely turned out in service and taking care of everyone else and everything else, we can sometimes also neglect the basic needs that our body has and our emotions have and other things and we can burn out and then we're no good to anybody in fact we might become even a burden um so part of that responsibility is being responsible for our wellness it's being responsible for our energy it's being responsible for um how we show up so all of that is is in the self-care and like yourself like <laughs> probably I know I went through a long time of just being completely turned turned out and I did almost burn out and I was like, okay, it I've got to give myself what what I need to be strong. And and how I, I'm guided by that is you know, does this serve? Like if I'm wanting to be here in service, um, service to my family, to my little boy, to my friends, to the planet, to the earth have to take into account my well-being as part of that. Um, so that's what the more enlightened self-care philosophy is about. And also that when we do take responsibility for ourselves as in our wellness and also the truth of us as interconnected beings with everything else, but when we do, we are well and balanced and lit up and we're full our cup is full there is a natural radiance that spills out and that radiance inspires and uplifts others around us and it's that radiance that you see sometimes i've got like one of those photos it's like i think she's in um 
from Tibet or somewhere. She might be in her – like she's an older woman, face covered in wrinkles, hardly any teeth, smiling, and it, she's so beautiful <laughs> but completely against the conventions of beauty in, in um, Western society. But she's undeniably beautiful yes. and it's like that radiance because she's just alive as – love and it's like that kind of radiance that kind of beauty is infectious and it's it's I believe it has a role in helping to make this whole world a better place absolutely and we don't need to abandon ourselves to be in service of others do we absolutely and I think so like again self-love um, the distinction between self-love which is self-absorption and not taking Others are not still being in relationship to the whole and the, the, the problems of, of that versus self-love, which is that to love others, we, we do genuinely need to work on loving ourselves. But that's um, not in an egoic self-absorption way, but it's in forgiving ourselves, in not having you know, thoughts that are full of criticism and shame it's like loving ourselves enough to nourish ourselves with healthy food and surround ourselves with people who are also positive and good for us and um so yeah it's it's difficult because the words there's a fine distinction in in um those two types of self-love one is very very difficult to truly love ourselves and as we love everyone else and um and be that compassionate and caring <laughs> for ourselves it's actually quite a quite a process it is it is absolutely I, and i love the distinction that you've made there may, may we all take that that pathway rather than the um you know, hashtag you do you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which actually isn't ultimately loving ourselves because it's creating creating isolation in a way and also right. maybe avoiding, yeah, avoiding some of the challenges because we learn through through relationship. Yes. We learn through taking into account other um, people as well. <laughs> Talk to me about the concept of neurocosmetics, which is one of the anchors in how you develop products. It's so intriguing to me and totally up my alley because I have a really deep love of neuroscience, which is evidenced by about seven mm. books currently in my bedside and at all times around you know neuroscience and thinking and how the brain works, etc. Um, but also about the connectedness between our inner and outer world. So talk to me about this concept, neurocosmetics. Mm, yeah, so it's a it's definitely a buzzword at the moment, but it's it, you know actually been around for for a long time. But it's based on the idea that the brain and skin are intrinsically connected, and so anything that we apply to the skin can have an impact on our brain. And um, obviously, with neurocosmetics, we're looking for what has a positive impact, and so. Um, you know, beautiful natural perfumes <laughs> have a positive You're impact on for our me mood. now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they immediately make us feel better as we apply them to our skin and smell them. And so, yeah, neurocosmetics. It's the, again, it's trying to. There's 
people are trying to define it as no, it has to have a direct neurological effect. Whereas others are like, well, all forms of aromatherapy have is a form of neurocosmetic because yes. it shifts how you feel. And um, yeah, so how, yeah, however we name it, I think we all know that um, by now that what we do apply to our bodies does go into our systems. Um, one way or another, and it it can have a positive impact on on our brain and help shift our mood. Um, yeah, we're, we're working with a neurocosmetic at the moment based on Desert Rock Rose, and it basically shifts. So when we're highly stressed, um, the cortisol sends these um, – markers into our skin and throughout the whole body and creates inflammation, which is the precursor of um, premature aging, but also all forms of disease. And, and um, so inflammation is something we definitely want to avoid, which is why too much stress and cortisol is something we want to avoid. But um, this particular neurocosmetic, this extract, is shown to biomimic the effects of meditation when you apply it to the skin. So it turns off these um, this activity that creates the inflammation in the skin in exactly the same way that meditation does. That's incredible. You should so, send me the science about this because this I will. needs to go on my reading list. I will. I will send you the science of this, and I'll send you a science, another one that we're looking at. You know, you've heard of forest bathing. Yes, I have. We've so, done a really good podcast episode. In okay. <laughs> so the Japanese cedar, they've taken the, the extract of the cedar and they've um, done tests and they've looked at how including it as like a cosmetic ingredient on, in a cream that you apply to your skin on a daily basis, how it shifted people's perception of things people would go it was very interesting science people would always go to the positive when they were wearing this so they would they would look for the um yeah it was like they they naturally sought out the more positive imagery and um how they associated feeling was in a more relaxed <laughs> mode um, and the only thing that they changed was wearing this um uh, cedar extract every day on their skin so it's it is very interesting and, and well, it's great we, because we can we can um distill this down to see oh to say oh you know aromatherapy works but actually what it is is it saying there is a deep need in our in our subconscious to connect to the natural world so anything that mm. brings us back to that yeah. to the not just um the smell of the forest but the the chemistry that exists under the canopy, our bodies desire it and we feel more centered and we our alpha wave production increases and all of the our biochemistry changes in relation to it. So it's we can't distill it down to being, oh, it's aromatherapy or oh, it's this particular chemical. It's something that our bodies crave, especially living in the city with these crazy lives that we have, or you know, not even necessarily in the city, but in a city type of environment where we work every day and we do all these things anything that brings us back even a pot plant in the house changes the way that you feel about your world our bodies need it we need it we can't deny it absolutely we need it so much and uh, talking about plants in our homes like plants are the most effective air purifier second only to the human body Mm -hmm. so if you don't have enough plants in your 
home, in your bedrooms, in your living spaces, your body is forced to be the air purifier. And so plants are amazing because they actually help us to um, live, as you say, in cities and places with a lot of pollution and toxic environments. And, and plants will actually process so much of that on our behalf. And all we have to do is, you know, lovingly <laughs> keep them, give them all they need. And that's their function. And they'll, they, they do that for us which is amazing. But as you say, also, it's like aromatherapy and natural perfumes. They will take us there. They will take us to the forest and take us to these places which we may not be able to access in our day-to-day. -day. And that's, that's why it's such a great um, way to connect with nature on a daily basis. But you, you probably know this research because of, you know, the neurocosmetics research that you do. But I, I recently ran a... Um, seminar for a marketing group about the power of um, olfaction and the connection to emotion. But if you look at the structure of the brain and where we smell fragrance, for example, um, and how fragrance impacts us, not only does it, uh, it, we process smell and the way that it makes us feel, for example, in the limbic system, it's connected to emotion and memory. But, but more to that, there's a part of the limbic system that actually involves behavior. So exactly to what you're saying, it's like the brain is structured so that when we smell certain things, it influences our behavior. So it's not even a deliberate choice. You know, when you're talking about the cedar wood and, and people's um, just ability to perceive things more positively or think more po to think more positively, this is actually already predestined, pre-wired in our brains for our brains to respond to the natural world in that way. So you cannot hold it back. <laughs> if it's there, your body will respond. I, I do too. It's like the, net, the innate healing wisdom that we, we hold within, just to like listen to that, honour it and support it any which way we can. Hey, let's talk about this groundbreaking product that you guys have, which we have 100% jumped on board with, Notox. Now, <laughs> I just want to say to you, and I did, I, I have recorded a couple of um, videos because we're doing this collaboration and whoever's listening to this podcast episode down the track will have missed this collaboration, but that's okay. <laughs> so we're doing a collaboration with you guys where we're giving away Notox and you're giving away perfumes. But I, uh, when I first saw No Tox, why I was really intrigued was because thinking about something natural that can be an alternative to Botox, I am so skeptical and cynical whenever anybody makes claims about this kind of stuff, which is the first thing that got me investigating who synthesis was and, and how, you know, this is how I found you guys. Um, but I just want to say before I delve into you telling me about this product, you guys sent me one to try out and I have to say I was really surprised how fast I loved it and I knew I was going to love it but I was so surprised within a couple of days I thought oh my gosh I have to look closer it felt like my skin had been airbrushed which <laughs> really really surprised me and then a week into using I went to a wedding and um 
talking to a couple of girls, you know, and they said, how old are you? La, la, la. And I said, 46. And this lady leaned forward and touched my forehead forehead, and said, oh, my God, do you get Botox? And I said, no, I don't. So I, I would have to say it's you because no one has ever asked me if I've had Botox before, but a week into using no tops, apparently it looks like all my wrinkles have disappeared. <laughs> so I am suitably impressed by the product. But tell me about how has this product catapulted you guys into like having cult status around the product and the brand? And how did you develop it? And why has no one else developed a product? I mean, there's a lot of beautiful products going around that are, you know, positive aging or anti-aging or however you want to call it. But why has no one done something like this before? Tell me all about Notox. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's quite a wonder to me too, the Notox and, and how and what it is and how it's all come about. But it came, it came out of um, pure necessity. Like I said, I, this little baby and... It was like I was trying to work and sleepless nights and adapt to being a new mum. And um, I just worked out we're, we're the same age, so it's definitely a oh, very <laughs> mature age mum. And, um, and um, it was – I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror when I was like, oh, my gosh, I've just, like, aged. <laughs> Thanks, kids. We would, be, we would be looking 20 years younger if it wasn't for our children, right? right and I was like there must be something that in the plant kingdom that will just start to like ease the signs of just sheer fatigue and um you know (laughs) stress and from my skin I'm like okay let me let me find some things and I just um started to put something together and I'd come across some of these plants before and but then there were some new ones too and so I just started like blending it together and um, you know, some of them have been shown to have a similar, if not the same effect as Botox on our skin. And we're not talking about the medical use of Botox, which is for, you know, TMJ or um, injuries. And I'm talking about the topical um, effect and use of it in that it relaxes the muscles. And so it smooths out the expression lines, but it has it's the same biological effect, but without um, the side effects like getting frozen or anything like that and I'm like okay that's interesting I'd known about it for a while but it, you know it hadn't really I was like well we'll, do, we'll put that in too and um, and um and then came across some like from deep below the ocean that have this cooling lifting beautiful firming effect and then combining that with some of the other plants that I knew to just be so healing for the skin and um, a lot of native plants our our native Australian plants botanicals are just amazing because I think they've had to adapt to very stressful conditions and so the antioxidants and the bioactives that they have within them just really support the skin um, going to be more resilient to stress and um, so yeah it all came together and I started offering it to friends and doing trials and then we started getting like really amazing <laughs> results from it and playing with different names and no toxins kept coming as because obviously no toxins like we're not gonna we're breastfeeding and um, breastfeeding and um 
and my philosophy anyway is like no toxins, no, no toxins, nothing chemical, nothing synthetic. No, and no it just what. happens to rhyme with Botox. And it just happens to rhyme with Botox, <laughs> and which and has these extracts that work in the same way as Botox. So I was like, okay, this is great. So that's how it all came about. And then, yeah, I found another extract that has like from honey locust seeds that just like instantly firms and tightens the skin, but it only lasts for the day. But I'm like, okay, well, that's great because it gives you that instant effect while the other actives are actually going to work on the skin's architecture and actually rebuilding the skin, giving it the nutrients it needs to be healthy, to renew, to um, boost everything. So I was like, that's nice. But then the supplier suddenly like, we're going to start preserving this with the you know, power of it. I'm like, oh no, we can't use um, that. So we dropped that just after we launched it to like read it. And did you say, it. have you not read our philosophy? Do you know anything about the company? <laughs> so we had to pull it out. And so then I had to find some other things to replace it. But just this year, they've um, agreed to now preserve it naturally. So we've put it back in again, um, which is great because it gives you that that instant lift while everything else goes to work, which takes a little bit more time. Because obviously when you're rebuilding the skin and you're working, it takes our skin cycle to really show the effects. Um, really, and that's true for anything, any topical skincare. Um, as the skin goes through its whole renewal cycle, you'll start to see the benefits of what you're applying to it. Um, yeah, so that's how how Notox came about. It was just the the need for something to help yeah. <laughs> and that was a, also as all totally side are. effect free <laughs> and, yeah, that's and um and yeah and then I, I put it into a rose hydrosol because rose um I just the rose that we use comes from the valley of roses in Bulgaria it's very therapeutic it's heart opening so coming back to what we we're talking about before it's like a daily ritual of saying I love you to your skin um by infusing it with rose uh, because although rose has got great benefits for the skin in and of itself but the aroma and the energy and the therapeutic quality is very heart aligning and heart opening and I, I come back I do believe that true beauty comes from the heart so um, having a product that also nurtures the heart and its radiance is important and and then we put it all through our energy imbued process. And I, I feel like that's why, um, why it works so well because the energy imbued process synergizes everything. And it, it's not that other people don't have access to these plants and these actives and they have not put them together in other interesting combinations, but the energy imbued process lifts them all to their highest potential and it harmonizes with us and, our wellness intentions for ourselves so it brings in another level of um, prana of energy of support of intention and connection so it's interesting notox doesn't work for everybody we offer a money day money back guarantee because i'm like the worst thing i want to do is have people disappointed after spending money so we just give people their money back if they're not happy with it at all and since we launched it a year, over a year ago, we've had less than 1% returns. Wow. So for some people, it really just doesn't, doesn't work for them, at least not in the time that they allocate um, using it. Yes. But for others, like we get reviews on a daily basis, um, really amazing reviews. And the ones that 
I get the most excited about are the ones where people say they feel, <laughs> they f- will say things like, I feel like I'm loving myself when I apply this product or I feel better or more relaxed or, um, and yes, it's also exciting to hear that it smooths out wrinkles and, you know, people have said three people have asked if I've had Botox or I look like I've had 10 hours sleep and all of that's great because when we're healthy and well, um, we do just naturally look better. It's just a reflection of our well-being. That's that's some of the story of no talks. Well, I love it, and I have to say, I do feel that it is. It definitely does feel like a self-love ritual. I mean, it only takes you know a minute to to apply it, and I do like to give it a little bit of a massage into my skin before I put a, a serum and a moisturizer over the top. But I absolutely feel like it is self-love in a little bottle. That little light mm-hmm. clear gel consistency but I I feel like I want to take that little bit of extra time with myself when I put it on so it is beautiful and all the things that you say uh, are, are sensed in the product so well done to you and your team oh thank you thank you yeah it's 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 a wonder it's like I just feel like it has a spirit of its own and just came together it's incredible. <laughs> it, it made itself for you it presented exactly itself it's presented exactly <laughs> Now that we're down this trajectory, let's talk about um, this, you know, the pathway of anti-aging treatments. And before we do, it's funny, isn't it, that there's this culture of, um, you know, people wanting to do, and we don't even know if to call it anti-aging anymore because we want to say pro-aging, positive aging, all of this, but there's almost this double... This, cult, this dual culture that exists where we, like, let's be honest, I don't want to look like a, what 46 is perceived to look like. Like, I don't want to look like, you know, an old woman who's had two kids, who's been through stress. I don't want to look like whatever we think that looks like. But at the same time, we don't want to say anti-aging because we don't want to say that aging is a bad thing. So it always feels like a weird pathway to start down. But if we're being honest, I think none of us want to look like we're not well and we're not healthy. So mm-hmm. that's really what it comes back to. Like I want to look well and vital and healthy and I feel really good. I want my skin and my body to reflect that. So mm-hmm. um, if we talk about anti-aging and you tell me what terminology you use, I'm not talking about that. I'm not saying that aging is a bad thing. Aging is an incredible privilege, but I don't want yeah. to look like everything that has come into my life sits on my face I want to look free Mm. so let I'll just start by saying that but let's talk about this because the demand for non-surgical procedures and every time I open Instagram if I go down the path of you know checking not just my friends who post but you know whatever you call that because I'm I'm not 20 so I don't know what it's called but that little thing where you look at whatever randoms are posting most of the things are about these non-surgical things and these surgical things, and it's really quite, um, you know, you have to be careful not to go down that pathway because you feel like crap when you get off. But all of this has skyrocketed in recent years, starting, of course, with Botox and then fillers and now threading and laser and all of these other things. What's your approach to this side of the beauty industry? And how do you think that people can stay looking and feeling well and youthful for a long time while still staying close and committed to nature? but also embracing how you evolve in yourself over the years. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big conversation and it's nice to um, start and share, share it with you, some of it with you today. Everything you said is um, 
yeah, very insightful and and true for for a lot of us women, I'm sure. And um, like you, we you know we're not anti aging because it's a natural process, and as you say, it's a true privilege. There's words like well aging and pro aging and graceful aging, and um, what do all of these mean to to us, and what are we supporting? It comes down to health and wellness and being able to look and feel vibrant at at any age because, to be honest, you can see I've seen people in their 20s and 30s who look um, much, much older than they their age or haggard because they're so stressed or they're not taking care of themselves, etc. So it's really like the philosophy of at any age, how do we – look and feel our our best um and then that also gets into another thing what is our best (laughs) because um i think when we start to cross over with too much intervention and we're not we don't have our free expressions anymore or we're not celebrating some of the expression lines of life then maybe some of our um you know, unique beauty is lost too, which I think is a shame because so our philosophy is very much about celebrating unique beauty. And I use the example, I don't know if you've heard of the work of Dr. Omoto. He's a Japanese scientist who took photos of water crystals. Um, it's really, it's really interesting. He took photos of water crystals is Japanese scientist, Dr. Omoto. Um, and took photos of water that had been exposed to positive influences like beautiful music, prayer, words like love or compassion or, you know, um, and they took pictures of the same crystals after the water that had been exposed to um, pollution or words like hate or, um, you know, negative intention. And the water, it's interesting because we're made up so much of water, which is why this experiment is so interesting the water that had been exposed to so-called negative net just didn't form crystals. It just looked murky and you just kind of looked at it and you wouldn't think anything about it. But the water that had been, the crystals that had been exposed to positive influences formed these beautiful crystals and you, nobody would look at them and not say they were beautiful. They're undeniably beautiful. And each crystal is unique. Mm-hmm. And yet they're undeniably beautiful. So what is it that makes them so beautiful? They're holding this incredible balance within them. They're holding the light, like these crystals hold light and they, they, they have this radiance and they're, they're just undeniably beautiful. And I'm like, well, that's like really sums up what our philosophy is and what we want to encourage is that we expose ourselves and people use our products to as much positive influence as possible that we like those crystals shine in our unique undeniable beauty and that's not age dependent it's just when we are fully in harmony and we are nourished and nurtured to the point where we are shining and so that's really where 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 we sit and what we want to encourage in all of that and you know having said that I'm we work with um you know we actually work with doctors and dermatologists and skin doctors even plastic surgeons in the U.S. and they say that they get better results using 
they're still using the machines and the intervention, but they're using synthesis alongside it. And they say they get much better results with that than any cosmeceuticals or chemicals that they've used. Some of them in their like 20 plus years of practice. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, sometimes you, you might have a mark in your face and you want to get laser to take it out because it's distressing to you or whatever. I mean, we all make whatever decision is best for us. So it's, that's a, that's a unique process. And it's interesting that we see that when people use um, synthesis, which is like organic, nurturing, high vibrational products, they get better results from the intervent- other more intrusive interventions that they're doing because their skin is healthy. It can respond better to what they're doing. It can bounce back. Um, so there's definitely a place in certain for certain people for that combination. Yes. But I think the one of the biggest issues that I have with the whole um, Botox injectables is the way that it's marketed to young people as a preventative, especially by baby Botox. Um, it's not a preventative. Sure, once you have wrinkles, if you want to like smooth them out quickly and do, that's your choice but it's not a preventative. And so a lot of young people are being marketed to or or swayed and influenced to believe that they need to do this to um, keep their skin looking healthy and, and youthful. It's like, no, what you need to do to keep your skin looking healthy and youthful is take care of it with like high nutrient, non-toxic products and ingredients and feed yourself foods that build up the minerals and the, the the building blocks that your body needs to be healthy and shine. That's what you need to do. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's the area that I irk at most is the intervention marketed towards um, younger people and also, yeah, just that it's – and the, the underlying um, implication that somehow for, for any age we're not – uniquely beautiful as we are that we have to do something to conform and look like other you know other people do or something to be accepted or to be beautiful and so that really irks me too because (laughs) we all look the same it'd be pretty boring yeah that's (laughs) right this is the this is I mean we could spend literally two or three hours talking about this because this, (laughs) this is exactly the way that I feel about it and I think often it's not that anybody's saying, you know, if you need to or you feel like you need to or whatever, you know, you can't do it. It's not about this. But I think a lot of these procedures are very, it's, it's a very reductionist view, first of all, just to say, go and get Botox or go and get a thread lift and now look, you're all good um, because we're missing the bigger picture about health and what is health. I mean, you can get go get Botox and then go and um, get hammered at a party every weekend and are you actually doing yourself any favours? So it's it's reductionist, number one, and exactly what you're saying, that the culture of you're not enough, you need to be different or you need to look the same as your girlfriends or the people on Instagram who have filters or whatever, that is the culture that's toxic. I'd love to clean not only the toxins out of the cosmetics but the toxic culture yeah. out of the cosmetics industry. Exactly. Um, you know, which you and I find ourselves in this industry, but we obviously fighting against that messaging, which is it's going to be a long, long battle. But uh, it sounds like me and you are here to fight that along with the, along with a lot of our colleagues. 
Exactly. Um, one of my mentors, Judith White, um, she had a brand called In Essence. She wrote she um, wrote a lot of books for Hay House, and she and her sister were one of the first to come out and like be okay. Well, a, tr- a bottle of True Lavender does cost you twenty seven dollars a bottle. It's not three dollars a bottle, but this is what you get for that. And like really led the awareness of of. Um, but anyway, we she mentored me for for a long time before she passed, and we used to talk about the fact that in there's like. I don't know the current statistics, but it wasn't that long ago where it was something like 95% of the industry was still not natural and organic in the personal care industry. And we're like, we have to band together (laughs) to make a big impact um, and shift that statistic. So it's like there's more natural and organic brands in the world. There's more choices. There's more, um, yeah, and and we start to really shift that. Yeah, and look, I feel like that's happening. I know in the natural yeah. perfume space, just particularly in that space, in our space, um, the na- the natural and um, more eco-friendly, you know, I hate the term clean fragrance or clean beauty because it really means nothing, but this that space is growing at double the speed of the rest of the fragrance industry. So Great. people are, yeah, it's incredible. People are really embracing it. But um, but I, my prediction is in that in the next 10 years, I think, natural and organic is going to be people's default choice and we'll make the other choices if we you know want something specific or whatever but I feel like it's not I I feel like we're only a decade away from it being most people's go-to to think of course I would choose the natural option maybe I'm too much of an optimist but I mean I'm, I just, I'm with you because you with yeah <laughs> totally the one thing that's like working against us and it really riles me up as well is that being organic or natural you have to pay a premium you have to pay more for the auditing you have to pay more for it's like you're taxed heavily for doing the right thing whereas like the chemical alternatives are and so people choosing natural organic have to pay more and it's not it's like it's not just that those ingredients cost more they they do but if we shifted the way things are taxed and it could make it a lot more accessible exactly and also um, make some of the chemical things which the true costs of those to the environment and to all of us are not taken into account um, if we actually put a bit of a price tag on that um, their true expense (laughs) would be reflected in that and then they wouldn't be as attractive so that's one of the difficulties that we face is that it's still it's like a it's a almost still a luxury to be natural and organic um whereas yeah it's it really it shouldn't it doesn't need to be that way exactly and and i'm much like you i have a passion to to make um natural and organic accessible i don't want it to be you know if you're rich you can afford that i want it to be the default that you know and and there obviously are cheaper ways to do things for people who can't you know afford to have all the higher tech skincare you can go and buy a bottle of jojoba oil for example as a really good starting point there's lots of things you can do but yeah I, I I actually hate thinking that natural and organic is an elite way to go I don't want to be elitist in my brand and I'm not interested in making natural just for rich people I just think that that does the whole um, the whole movement a disservice. 
Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. And it's just um, getting some help from the authorities and the auditors. And the you know, that's never going to happen like. now, Fee. Now, now I'll say that you're maybe a little bit too positive in your <laughs> You know, anything good that happens comes from the people, not from the government. You know that. I know that. <laughs> but somebody very wise once told me if anything can change, everything can change. That is so and Nothing true. was ever binding in the first instance. So Absolutely. Let's let's keep <laughs> put our energy towards the world we want to create 100%. and know that it is possible. Absolutely. Now I have one final question for you, which is a little bit self-indulgent because I always want to know, but I think everybody, whenever I interview somebody in the beauty or wellness industry, everybody who's listening wants to know, well, what do they do and what, you know, what, what should I do as kind of my default go-to um, good habits? So let's talk about your personal beauty and wellness routine and what are your non-negotiables and what are the things that you do that make the biggest difference to how you feel physically, mentally, emotionally? Yeah, it's a good question as well. Um, it's always interesting to hear what others say too because then it triggers you, oh, I could do that. Yeah, or I have that in my cupboard and I haven't used it for six years. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, funny ways. Um, obviously, it's I used to have a lot more of a wellness routine before I became a, a working mama. I have, have a lot more um, yoga. That was my major go-to these days. Um, I have to embrace the yoga of being with my little one. Um, but I still like then some of the non-negotiables are um, making sure that we're all nourished with high nutrient, high vibrational food. So having the right food creates such a foundation um, for everything else. And um, for me, walking and swimming in the in the ocean um, is just so in so like that just resets me physically, mentally, emotionally. It's completely holistic. Um, I just love that. And if you you're not by an ocean, any kind of salt therapy. So when I'm traveling or whatever, I'll have a salt bath or I'll put salt into my body wash or scrub and scrub myself down with it. Especially if I'm working with a lot of people, because salt is a natural energy cleanser as well as detoxifier. So um, and the ar aromatherapy is, is part of our life. And so I think it's just, it's just there all the, all the time, the presence of the plants as, as part of, um, my beauty and wellness routine, but no toxins are non-negotiable <laughs> for me and my, and my partner. <laughs> like well, you made one. it for you in, in the beginning. <laughs> exactly. So that's gotta, that's gotta be the case, right? This is for you first. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, replenish elixir, which is the elixir that we, um, that I put on, on top of it. I really, really love that. Like I feel I miss it if I just even go a day without it. Um, yeah, so and we we recently invested in an infrared sauna too. Oh, I have is, a friend that did that recently and said it's game changing. It is game changing because I love traditional saunas. Like we both um, prefer traditional saunas in some ways in terms of the smell of the cedar and you can put essential oils in and all of that. But in terms of efficacy in a very short amount of time, the infrared, it's like 15 minutes in and out. And, you're done. and it's so detoxing and calming and they have like LED therapy at the same time. Um, so have found having that as a cleansing and relaxing um, has been, yeah, we were like, do we buy, because we just moved into 
where we're building our new um, synthesis HQ and we're going to be growing a lot of botanicals there and we're in an old farmhouse like do we buy a table or you know a couch or something we're like no we'll get a sauna that's awesome <laughs> like, and, and it's a tax important. write-off so even better <laughs> yeah. it was, but in terms of our health I think that's one of our most indulgent health health um health and wellness and of course it's also beauty because infrared helps um you know detoxify the skin and give you that glow too but you can, you know, there's infrared saunas in, um, all over the place now that you can normally just go and go to. Mm, pay for a session. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's beautiful. Now, look, and there's, I think the, the biggest learning here in terms of things, things that you can do is you don't have to do everything and you don't have to do all the high level things. If you've got no time because you have a newborn or a three year old, but you have legs and you can walk or you have a bath and you can chuck some Epsom salts in. Um, exactly. All of that stuff is, is beneficial, isn't it? And just the breath, like it sounds it's like it's not, not a routine, right, because we're doing it, we need it to, to live. But just remembering how powerful the breath can be um, if we are, like you say, if we're going through, we don't have time for anything else, just learning to consciously breathe and observing our breath and ensuring that we're breathing deeply so we're getting the full um, amount of oxygen that we need and we're not hyperventilating, which is creating more stress or, um, you know, affecting going into just the mind where we often hold our breath. Or It's just, just the, the, the basic of practicing just how am I breathing right now and could I learn to breathe more deeply, more naturally, um, even if you've got the time and space doing a breathwork class or learning a bit about breath because it's the no matter what <laughs> um, until our last breath, <laughs> we, we have this incredible wellness tool just with the inhale and exhale. Mm -hmm. That costs no money and takes almost no time. Exactly. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's great advice. Well, theme, it's been a delightful conversation and very you know, soul edifying, I have to say. So I'm so grateful that you've joined me today. And I know uh, people listening will get a lot out of this. It's not just about um, beauty and beauty products, but this is really about a way of life and the way that we, we choose to be. So it's really good to, um, to tackle all of those subjects with you. It's been delightful. Yeah, it's been so delightful talking to you. And thank you for the great work that you're doing and um, for having, having me on today. That's Unconscious is presented by OneSeed. Find out more at oneseedperfumes.com. And please don't forget to subscribe, rate us on iTunes and share us with your friends so we can all live a little more consciously.